Hello and welcome to Mirror Talk Podcast. Your moment of greatness starts now. Today's guest is the founder of a small eco-friendly business called Line by Moral. She's the creator of a multimedia platform called andwhy.media. She recently graduated from the Fashion Institute of Technology, studying marketing and communication. How are you doing, Annie? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much for joining me today on this um, episode of Mirror Talk Podcast. Please, can you tell me a little bit about your life and your self-growth journey so far? Yeah, yeah. So I did graduate from FIT uh, a year and a half early. So I finished college at a younger age, but because I really wanted to focus on my passion projects and also freelance and do my own thing. So I started my business during college, Line by Moi, because I really was really passionate about uh, environmentalism and I really wanted to prioritize that in my business and set an example. So that's what I did with my business. And why I started as a personal blog. So I was writing you know, stories about my life and it became a diary. And then it transformed into a multimedia platform where I have different writers. I think we have six writers now on the platform and we launched two magazines and we're going to start like a little shop on And Why Soon. And then we have this podcast as well. Tell me about this podcast of yours. You have this And Why Medium, I'm sorry, And and Why Dot Media Mm -hmm. podcast, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms. Tell me about this podcast platform and your guests and what you've learned so far from interviewing the amazing people you've had on so far. Podcasting was something I was thinking about, but I think it was because of the pandemic that I had so much more free time. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start this. I had the microphone sitting for so many days. So I was like, I need to get this going. And, you know, I I went on and then I Got reached. Someone reached out to me to join this podcast agency, um, Kitcaster, which I, I think you're on, right? Kitcaster, yeah. So yes, that's yes. where I found yes. all these amazing people to talk to, and it's it's amazing because it started out as a solo podcast. I was just talking about my life, uh, but then I introduced a lot of like girl talks with my friends and people that I looked up to. And then it became like, oh, now I'm talking to like tech founders and I'm talking to CTOs of startups and or environmental Mm -hmm. lawyers. It's just it's really, really uh, refreshing to learn from someone who has a lot of experience, but also talk to them in a very relatable way and share that with different people who are also looking for, you know, that story, you know. So it's been really, really nice. And. It's a great networking opportunity because you talk to people and you might get job opportunities, you might get referrals, and you never know what's going to happen. So I love my podcast and it's been great. And I'm, I'm sure it's great for you as well. Yes, it's, it has been an awesome journey so far. And, um, you know, um, I was going through your profile and one thing that resonated with me was your, your biggest goal. You wrote that your biggest goal is to tell stories that are untold and unwritten. Mm-hmm. And this really touched me like, wow, yeah, this is a very big goal. So why, why, why is this your biggest goal? Why, why is it your biggest goal to tell stories that are untold or unwritten? Yes. So when, you know, we're you know, growing up, I think most textbooks and things we learn in school, it's always about legacy, right? Things that people, you know, it has to be someone who made a big deal out of something and uh, that's why they're important and that's what we're talking about instead of covering, you know, the, the little stories like my parents. Um, so my parents are immigrants from Malaysia, so I'm a first-generation American in the States, and 
the struggles that they faced to come here and the struggles that they faced in Malaysia, those stories go untold because according to society, you know, their stories are kind of irrelevant. You know, they're not like making big changes, impacting the world in a grand way. They're not politicians. They're not celebrities. But their stories are just as impactful on my individual life. So I think I took that to like, to use that as a really big inspiration. And I was like, well, I really want to tell stories like these. I don't want these stories to go unwritten, you know, or untold. So I kind of started a platform to do that. Dear friend, you can grow your personal and business brand by creating a strong network through podcasting. Create real human connections, have the ability to share your story and interesting point of view. To get started, you can make use of the special offer for friends of this podcast which is on kitcaster.com slash mural. K-I-T-C-A-S-T-E-R dot C-O-M slash M-I-R-R-O-R. The link and further instruction or details will be found in the show notes for this episode. Thank you. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you listen to this on. Thank you. Mm. Wow. So, and also you have this, um, you know, eco-friendly business called Line by Moa, which you talked about um, already. Um, why did you start this Line by Moa? Why is it so important for it to be eco-friendly? When I was younger, I really wanted to plant trees. I I think I saw a video from someone and it, they were they were showing yeah. like deforestation and destruction of the environment and I was just so emotional and I was young and I was like oh I want to plant like a million trees like that's something that I put out there and then when I started my eco-friendly business I was like okay the goal was to plant trees and originally the business before we, we changed the business it was uh we donated to this tree planting organization and I think we planted around like 800 trees or something it was like pretty cool uh so it's yeah, it's really nice, and we still donate to them, but we donate to other organizations now, which I'm sure you've seen. Um, so it's it's because I really care about the environment, and it was really inspired by my dad, actually. In Malaysia, he was a farmer, and he understood the env- importance of nature, and he tried to instill that in me. So when I was younger, when we go to the park, we would, he would, you know, pick up a plastic bag and he would have me clean up the park instead of playing at the park. So it's, it's like those little things that I think kind of added up into my life. And I didn't realize how much of an impact it made on me until I started the business. And I was like, oh, I see how it all connects now. And it all makes sense, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And Elia, you made mention of, you know, you have this, you know, multimedia platform where you have the, the magazine and why. And now you have two two um, um, editions of your of your magazine already. I think the second was about um, transcendence or mm-hmm. something. And um, you have also your blog. You have um, other platforms on me, and you have you know your Instagram page also where you post like pictures and some quotes. So how, how are you using this your projects and your brands to you know tell or create stories? How so far so in this your journey so far? How has it been? Or have you, how have you been using it to you know tell stories or create stories? From uh, line by moi, the, the story that I wanted to tell was that environmentalism and sustainability are not the same. And sustainability is about balance, about sustain and sustaining something. And 
you know, that could be a lifestyle, sustaining a lifestyle, sustaining a your finances, your mental health, like all that is really important. And that has to go into how we talk about sustainability, because sustainability is not just about the planet. It's about us. It's about how we interact with the planet. We have to be included in the equation. Um, so that's why I'm, I, when I started the business, it was originally focused on trees and heavily focused on environmentalism. But then I found out that there is no environmentalism without the people, right? There is, there is no uh, planet without uh, the people. So it's it's kind of like, yes, we're trying to save the animals, we're trying to save the trees, but we we have to change ourselves first, um, and we have to check check ourselves first. If we don't have the finances, we can't buy sustainable products. If we don't have um, proper mental health, we don't have time to think about uh, the planet. You know, so it's it's about a balance of our lifestyles and how that works with the planet and how we can you know live together in a more harmonious way instead of uh, looking at it more holistically instead of like a separate like nature is this we are this you know yeah mm-hmm. yes so that's yeah. a story for line yeah, by more and why is more just telling other people's stories okay okay so you you bring other people's story on your platform so that everyone everyone that comes to your platform or um, has anything to do with your project or brand can learn from mm-hmm. it also like can yes. learn from other people's story that, that that's really good that's amazing and you know, um, you made mention of you know your father, your mother coming from from Malaysia to the USA, and um, from from your from your experience, how is it, how is life like being you know an Asian American? Can you can you share some of this? Experience yes, yes, it's it's pretty rough. The couple months, uh, there has been a rise of attacks on Asian Americans in the states. Um, I don't know if it's you know heard around the world. I probably not, but there is an increase in Asian American attacks in uh, in America, just just like racism, you know. But when I grew up, I've been surrounded by mostly Asians, so I didn't really feel that different from anyone. I think until college, I realized that, wow, you know, Asian Americans are the minority here. Uh, but I didn't feel that when I was younger. Uh, it's, it's a unique experience, I would say. Uh, but growing up as the first generation is probably more of the responsibility and the burden that I had to carry because I'm the oldest in my family. I speak the most Chinese. So growing up, I became the translator. I became the second mom. I became just like that third person that has all the responsibility in the house because I had to set the example. I was the oldest. I was the language, the translator, you know? So it's (laughs) it's not a good thing, but it did force me to grow up a bit and it, it is a good thing mm-hmm. that I am the way I am now because I, you know, I've yeah. done so many things and I'm self-sufficient and I can take care of myself and it's good. But it was a lot growing up, like having to deal with all that for sure. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned the, the positive side, like all of this uh, stress, all of this unboarding or challenges helped you to grow personally, like to become much more confident or much more efficient or yes. you mm-hmm. know, organized, I assume also, like in your daily task. That's, that's good. And I was, reading, I was reading one of your posts and, you know, you were talking about the, the hustling and bustling um, lifestyle of, of New York. So how is that like for you, for um, a young lady who is, um, you know, succeeding in a, in a line of business and also living in New York and being an Asian American, all of that combined with a very 
busy city that never um, sleeps. How is that? How is that life like? <laughs> it's crazy. I I sometimes I'm like, why am I still here? It's so fast, and the the pace I I like think and talk and everything. It's just so fast, and like it's kind of uh like it's kind of crazy because like when I go to a different state or in in the United States, like if I go to like a, maybe a smaller town mm-hmm. and the pace is like. 10 times slower it it like is an unnerving sometimes because it's like I'm not used to that pace but it was also comforting once I got used to it I was like wow this is this is a good pace of life <laughs> and then going back to New York City I'm like back on the track again it's like everything my schedule is packed um riding subways like back and forth walking here and there it's it's crazy I I totally recommend coming here uh settling here is questionable though <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow. But um, you know, in such a city and also with what you said earlier about, you know, the um the hatred against um the Asians and stuff like that. Um in in a big city like that, do you do you um experience racism and how how do you deal with it? Or generally how do you deal with racism um, in big cities or wherever you find yourself? Yeah, so it's interesting because I never really got like a direct attack. Uh so but it's more of like my cousin was called, you know, slurs on the streets um, or my mom would get touched by random people. I think for me, I think I was dealing more with like guys that have Asian fetishes because I would be walking (laughs) on the street and they would just be like grabbing me. They're like, oh my gosh, are you Japanese? Are you blah, blah, blah. And then I'm just like, no, like don't touch me. Like it was more of like that, but not really like racism where they're like, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're Asian, you're, you're disgusting, like all that stuff. But there were like little mm. things here and there, like, oh, do you eat cats and dogs? Like those like high school jokes that they have, but it wasn't necessarily mm. like harmful where they would attack me or anything. But yeah, those little things do add up, but it wasn't that it didn't take much real estate in my mind for other people, for, uh, unlike other people. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but do you have like um you know friends that you work together with you know to um stop this kind of you know treatment that you get from from people or do you just um you know I don't know how how do you deal how do you deal with it like in the in your community or um in your in your family are there like things that you have been told or been taught in order to you know to resist it or in order to cope mm-hmm. with it? Yeah, I think. Asian Americans are a little bit more unique in the way we, we we deal with racism. We're kind of we're kind of passive, like because we're kind of you know our culture is to you know put our head down, bite our tongue, to not really speak up because it's not our place. And like if someone's talking about you or treating you badly, you just kind of like you know blow it off, like you don't really like pay much attention. Um, but I think being raised as an Asian and a, an American having both cultures american is more like you you're loud you know like we talk like if something's <laughs> you're nodding your head <laughs> we're loud as we're loud as heck i i, I can't agree to that because we something isn't right we would talk we would tweet it we would like post about it it's uh if something is wrong we would like you know scream about it on social media uh but yeah. i wasn't really like that growing up you know because i was also raised by my parents kind of like tell me to be quiet. But I think as I got older, I realized the importance of using my voice, which is why the podcast was kind of um, a turning point for me, uh, for me to speak up and to share stories and to talk about things that are politically, you know, uh, 
this disrupting and, you know, just talk about things that are uncomfortable for other people as well, especially racism and, you know, as, as an Asian American woman. I was reading through the second edition of your magazine, mm-hmm. and um, there are two articles of yours that stuck out to me that um, I would love us to talk about. Okay. <laughs> and um, the, the first one is about, you know, learning to take a mm. break. Uh, so what inspired you to, to write this, and why is it important for us to, to always take breaks? Yeah, yeah. So I, I am, you know, New York City, hustle and bustle is in my blood. It's literally, I think, is in my DNA. Like, there is no way to get it out. Like, I leave and I feel like I'm still in New York sometimes because it's just in my head. Like, my brain thinks like this. I speak like this. But yeah. I think I think I burned out a couple times in college. I, I graduated really early, so I was really cramming my classes in. And I was doing a lot of internships while I was in school. And then I, I also started my business while I was in school. And then I had my my blog going on as well. So I was multitasking all the time and I didn't take a break because I was like, well, if I don't take a break now, I can take a bigger break later because I'm rewarding myself uh, in the long term, right? But then I realized that you got to live to make it to the long term, you know, you got to take care of yourself. You can't just work to death and then expect to, you know, take a big break. You have to kind of take the breaks while you work and organize your time like you know, if you are a big scheduler and you're a big planner, schedule in your time, like breaks, you know, like put a 10 minute break and schedule that in and force yourself to take a 10 minute break. Uh, I had to do that for a little bit. I had to like schedule in lunch breaks because I would kind of like skip them. But now I've gotten better, you know, because I'm getting into the routine of things and I'm like, okay, breaks are important. Breaks are just as important as productivity. Breaks is going to increase productivity. So I decided to, if I'm not feeling good, I'll take that 30 minute nap. You know, if I'm, if I'm stressed out, I will cancel plans, you know? So I I need to Mm -hmm. learn to say no to things that, you know, like prompts and answer no. Um, So that's really important for anyone who are like me, who are hustling, or maybe you, you know, you're hustling uh, as an engineer and a podcaster to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but, um, can you give me tips on how to, you know, um, effectively you know, program your day and also slotting breaks in between. How do you, how do, you do it from your own experience? How do you, uh, you know, eff- effectively like program or plan your day out or plan your schedule out that could also involve, you know, taking enough breaks mm-hmm. in between? Yeah, yeah, so I use Google Calendar to, um, you know, time everything out correctly. But it's also an internal mm-hmm. thing, you know, you have to listen to yourself and your body and your mind and like really understand what you need in the moment and prioritize very carefully what you want to prioritize. So if you have a deadline you have to meet, obviously you should try to meet that deadline like by tonight, you know, but if you can meet that deadline tomorrow or maybe in two days, a 30 minute break is not going to kill you. And in that moment, you, you can decide health or meet that deadline. You have to prioritize health constantly really like constantly prioritize that for me I always overlooked it because I was like okay I just need to get this done if I can get this done I can take a break you know in two days instead of taking a break now but it doesn't really work out that way because in two days I have another deadline to meet 
So it's it's like you have mm-hmm. to when you are met with the opportunity to take a break or do your work, you know, you got to take that break and prioritize yourself and your self care and taking care of your health because health comes first. You know, health is wealth now. With COVID, mm-hmm. I think it's very obvious you got to live to to see your sixties. You can't just uh, work to death or be really careless about your health. And mentioning COVID, um, the second article is actually about, you know, um, living during this pandemic. And the topic of the, of the article was um, the, the power of uncertainty was the topic of, the, of your article. And um, you, I think you wrote this, you know, drawing lessons from your experience last year from the pandemic and 2021 or so. Um, how do you, you know, how do we allow life to take us to where we need to be by accepting the power of uncertainty, or what is even the the power of uncertainty, and how do we surrender to it? It's 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 hard, you know, because I'm a future oriented person. So I think like mm-hmm. five, ten years ahead. I'm like, okay, what can I do? What am I doing now that's going to impact my life in ten, five to ten years? And I usually work around that, right? So I save money, I invest money, like I think in long term. But I think it's it's good to have a balance, right? You can think long term, but you also have to prioritize the now, the moment that you have right now. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, I was stuck with family, so I think I forgot the power of like the, the now. But with the pandemic, it really okay. forced me to like, oh, like what am I doing right now? Like what do I, what should I prioritize right now? So if my sister says she wants to like hang out, um, I'm like, okay, well, I, I will do that. I will cancel my plans and I'll hang out with her because I value that relationship and I want to build that relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a priority game, you know. You just have to prioritize really, really carefully what you want to what you want your life to be, what you want your legacy to be. And for me, yes, investing in my future, my five, ten years is important. But building the relationship with my sister now is just as important, you know, in five, ten years. So you got to really play that game, that prioritizing game uh, really, really well. And other people have different priorities. If your priority is money, then, you know, props to you and you can focus on work 24-7 as much as you want. But uh, most people I've heard has regrets, you know, when they focus too much on uh, wealth and not health and family and relationship building. Family, so yeah. the power of now is really important. So it's, it's very for So to always live in the moment and just um, let life, you know, lead us yeah. to where we need mm-hmm. to be. Yes. I surrender. Wow. That's good. And um, talking of pandemic, um, do you have lo- some lessons that you, 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 you got from this pandemic? What did you learn from the, from the pandemic, from staying at home, from the lockdown? I did like some lessons, some things that became much more important to you, like your family, like you made it of, or things that you had to, that you could live without, that you couldn't think about before. Maybe, um, yeah, things like that. I did like lessons you learned, things you learned to let go of, things you discovered that you can live without, things you discovered that you cannot live without. Yeah, yeah, yes. So I definitely learned a big lesson during the pandemic, which is boundaries, setting boundaries. Uh, and boundaries with in all forms because people forget that you need to set boundaries with yourself you know we talk about setting boundaries with your family or setting boundaries with um friends like oh like when or coworkers you know you can't reach me after 5 like those boundaries like very clear right or family like you can't talk, you can't like uh overstep x or do this you know those are boundaries that we set for 
those things. But we don't talk about the boundaries with ourselves because we are our big, biggest critics, right? We judge ourselves the most. We see ourselves the most. Um, and we know our flaws really, really well. We know our strengths and all that. And we are also the driver of our lives. So we decide that we want to work 24 hours then, and, you know, get sick the next day. Uh, we get to decide that. Uh, and we have to set the boundaries with ourselves. Like, you know, we, we're going to be constantly multiple people at once. And we have to set a boundaries with ourselves. Like, okay, well, we, I want to work 24 hours. Is that realistic? No. So we're going to have to set a boundaries. I'm going to stop working at 8 p.m. And I'm going to rest for the rest of the night and really set that boundary yes. because it's it's really unhealthy. Um, and the boundary of also positive talking. Um, we are very negative towards ourselves. And that's why we notice mm. other people's flaws really easily too because we notice it in ourselves. Mm. So it's really important to set a boundary with ourselves and to stop all the negative you know, thinking and um it's okay to be negative time to time, but definitely do not like put yourself down, like doubt yourself or put yourself down. And that's a boundary you have to set as well. And that's an internal thing. No one's going to do it for you. So you're going to have to like do it for yourself. And that's a big task, you know, especially if you're not self-aware and you don't know your problems and you don't really think about it too much. Like you're going to have a lack of boundaries with yourself and it's going to be very, very harmful in the future. And you've made mention of a lot of um, tips already, uh, which one can use, you know, to help yourself, like also f getting them, deriving this from your, you know, from your experience of the pandemic also. But are there like, are there like some other, you know, self-help tips that you could share with us, maybe that has helped you maybe um, during your, your um, study in college, you finished like a year and a half earlier, you know, with, with your multiple business that you combine together and still living a very healthy and very vital life. Um, what are the self-help tips that you make use of to, you know, to push through each day and um, achieve so much that you've achieved? Yes, uh, some tips. Oh gosh, like this, this is hard because there's so many things. I would say the biggest thing is the power of choice. We live in a world where we have so many choices that we have to make on a daily basis. I think with so many opportunities now, we have this paradox of choice, right? We constantly have to decide between a hundred different things because there's like a thousand options on the internet and or a hundred guys you can date on the dating app. You know, there's like so many options and it's like very, very yeah. tempting and hard to make a decision when you have so many decisions to make and so many options to choose from. So that's a, par a paradox of choice. But I think the power of choosing something and really sticking to it and deciding to commit to it is really, really important. Um, we're always going to make a choice, right? If, for example, if um, I'm doing this podcast, it's a choice that I'm doing this podcast with you, right? Um, and it's a choice for me to neglect my other op uh, responsibilities to do this podcast. So I can't I can't blame you for not for for doing this podcast with me and like me neglecting my responsibilities because I decided to do this podcast with you and I made that choice. And people need to make that important in their lives that everything in their lives is a consequence of the decisions and the choices we make. And if you don't 
really focus on the choices and you don't really pay attention, then you're going to be moping around in life and kind of letting life hit you <laughs> um, and throw mm, decisions yeah. at you, like force things to happen instead of you conscious, mm. consciously choosing for things to happen for you. Um, so mm. I would say the power of choice is really important. And that is what got me through you know, making businesses and starting new things and still live a pretty healthy and normal life and not depressed or anything. So I would say choosing the right decisions and make, committing to the choices that you make is my biggest tip. What can we actively do to ensure that our environment is sustainable? Yeah, yeah. So... Obviously, to read the right news, because <laughs> there's a lot of misinformation on the internet now because of how fast information travels on the internet. You have to triple check your references and you have to triple check whatever is said in an article. It doesn't matter if they are a very, very uh, good you know, medium or platform. Everyone is writing from a bi- bias. Every journalist, every platform, no matter how unbiased they say they are, it's going to come from a person who cares or don't care about the environment. So you got to triple check your statistics that you're reading and understand where all your information is coming from and make sure you are very well educated because it's so easy to look at social media and just react instead of really looking at the problem and seeing how to solve it. Because most people kind of just react, right? They're like, oh, like, comment, share on Instagram. And they're like, oh, that's it. You know, that's, I pat on the back. I I did a sustainable thing today, you know, but then they forget that using internet and, you know, using a computer actually runs servers and servers actually create lots of carbon emissions and they don't know about that. So that's true. That's true. And they don't know about that. So it's like, you don't know how unsustainable the world is already. Um, We're at Mm -hmm. a point of kind of no return, but at the same time, I think there are things we can do to change that. And that really starts with us and making the conscious Mm -hmm. decision to be like, okay, Instead of buying fast fashion, I should buy really high quality things that will last me five years. Instead of investing in a car that is going to, you know, break down in 10 years, maybe I'll invest in a mm-hmm. um, electric car, you know, that would last maybe 11 years, you know, and save my money on gas. And you just, those decisions that we have to make, you know, but it's really hard to change people's mentality on, on everything because no one wants to pay more money up front. Because they think that they would save money if they buy a piece of cheap clothing. But then they realize that they buy Mm -hmm. cheap clothing every single month. And that adds up and they don't think about that. So it's a mentality thing that we have to shift. We have to go back to what we were before, where we invested in clothing, um, invested in pieces that last a long time. Uh, We have to kind of like turn the clock a little bit um, in the way we think. But otherwise, I think we're, we're at a pretty good place. I think... Everyone is aware now. Um, most people are aware. It's now it's just about taking action mm-hmm. and doing the self-work to mm-hmm. change the little things in our lives because that's going to ripple effect. You know, people are going to see that, they're gonna yes. do that, and they're gonna copy mm-hmm. you, and then they're gonna see, wow, like I'm saving money this way. Wow, I'm doing I'm mm-hmm. doing something good for the environment. Wow, like blah blah blah. I'm not wasting as much product, and it's just going to mm-hmm. ripple effect in that way. How can, how can everyone out there, you know, get across to you in case they want to, you know, read your amazing magazine? I was, I was, flip, I was flipping through um, both um, editions and I was just seeing wonderful pictures, like <laughs> amazing. 
high-quality um, e-magazine that I, I read. And I'm still going to like go back and you know read each articles uh-huh. again. But <laughs> well, for other people, for other people out there, how can they get across to you? Maybe work together with you for environmental sustainability, or maybe for for line buying more, or you know maybe get across to you for your podcast or some podcast inquiries. How can we reach you? Yeah. So if you want to reach out to me personally, you can go to my Instagram at. A-N-N-I-E-X-J-L, that's my username. Um, and in that, you can find everything because I tag all my, my businesses and my projects and everything. So it's just all there. Um, so it's easy for them to like go to one place. Yeah. But other than that, all the links I'm sure you have since you see, you've seen it all, uh, you can link it if you want. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's where you can reach me on my Instagram. Awesome. I'm so I'm going to place the link um, in the show notes for this episode and I would encourage everyone to get across to Annie and um, read through amazing work, um, our blogs, listen to our podcast, and also um, take actions, be inspired by, Amine, um, by Annie and take actions to live a much more greener life and um, a much more aware life. Thank you so much, Annie, for everything um, I've, I've been able to learn from you to, today in this episode. I really appreciate Thank it. You Thank so you so much for having me. This was such a great episode. Wow. You made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye.